Do you want to learn how to get your business big by starting small? That's what we're going to cover today on the Hyperfast Show. We've got an amazing guest who started off as a military expert, really focused on the principle that the riches are in the niches, became a branding and marketing expert, and now is doing millions of dollars a year in business in the DMV market. Welcome to the show, Karen Hall. Welcome to the Hyper Fast Show, where we believe unlimited growth in business and life is created by surrounding yourself with people who have been where you are going. Learning from others allows you to compress time and grow hyper fast. And now, here are your hosts, Kerry Shaw and Dan Lesniak. Kerry and Dan are real estate developers, best-selling authors, billion-dollar agents, and million-dollar agent makers. And now, get ready to grow hyper fast. All right. Welcome to the show, Karen. How are you doing today? Excellent. So great to have you on. I'm I'm super excited. We got a lot of great stuff to talk about with what you're doing in your business and just life in general. But before we do that, let's give people a quick background on, on who you are, how you got into real estate and how you've gotten to where you are today. Yeah, I, um, you know, my husband was in the military and we got out, when he got out of the military, um, we moved to Northern Virginia. We could pick anywhere we wanted to start a, a home and had a really bad experience buying our first house. That was in 2004, which you guys know was a little bit crazy back then. And I just kind of came away with it with like, this is not how you treat people that are going through the most stressful time of their life and I could do it better. And that prompted me to get my real estate license in 04. And so just did the realtor, you know, real estate agent thing. And then I think around 2011, hit another crossroads where I really saw um, the value proposition of agents really needing to change to, to be relevant and valuable to consumers, and then just broke out and started my own brokerage. So um, we own a brokerage in Old Town Alexandria together called At Home Real Estate. And right now it's kind of a brokerage, but uh, looking to build out a team a little bit. So Great. How many, uh, how many agents do you have now? We have about a dozen right now. Um, we usually try to keep it under 20, but we do all the marketing for them and then all their, you know, help desking 24 seven. So we try to keep it a little small so we can do focus on that customization for each agent. Cool. I, I, I didn't think I knew your, for some reason, I didn't know that your husband was military. So, or maybe yeah, I forgot. My, my whole family actually. So my dad was Navy, he was army. And then my father-in-law was um, air force JAG. So that's how it, it's always been kind of my specialty since I got in. Awesome. So do you guys, do you guys get more, you know, military clients and deal with VA loan and, and, and more of that? Uh, yeah, a hundred percent. Um, like I, you know, trying to set yourself up in a new state where you know nobody and nothing even about real estate day one, I just said, I'm a military special, a relocation specialist. And now you fast forward and I actually helped, um, create or, uh, contribute to the MRP certification for NAR um, and I'm just known as a resource. I even help them sometimes on, you know, legislation issues for housing. Um, and, you know, even now I'll have people contact me from across the country that they know that I know military. And that's really been a huge source of my business. I think you bring up a good point. And, you know, for, for people listening, like I, I started with a very narrow niche geographically. And of course, a lot of people always think that that strategy means like, focus on this one area but it it doesn't it can be like a tight-knit group of people or industry or or what have you and you know I think by by focusing on that military niche it probably gave you the the business uh, at first 
to then go out and expand and, and do more and, and help more clients. And I think, I think a lot of people starting out, they try to be, they try to go too broad and be everything to everybody. And, and it just doesn't make the same impact when you, when you decide to fish in a smaller pond. I literally just said that to an agent yesterday and I was advising a newer agent and I said, you newer agents get in and the number one mistake they make is trying to be the jack of all trades because they don't want to miss on anything or they try to be everything to everyone and um, was my wording as well. And I'm like, if you focus on who you are authentically, like what sets you apart? Like, what are you passionate about? What do you uniquely know? Um, and dig into that. And that's, what's going to set you apart competing in Virginia alone. We have 34,000 realtors. So you can't win on statistics and everybody's trying to claim they're number one at the same time, but you focus on something that's authentically you and people absolutely consider you the expert and it trumps all of that. Yeah, I agree. And I think, you know, there's power, you know, there's the quote, the riches are in the niches, but when, when you apply it, the cool thing is like, you don't have to have a ton of resources, a ton of money, a ton of even time, although that, that helps, especially at first, but you, know, you don't have to have all of that stuff to to make an impact and have a have a quick start. So, how, walk us through like what was it like starting out? How did you become the military expert and brand yourself as that, and, and then go out and actually get that business? It's kind of a funny. Um, people still, it, it's kind of a legacy brand. I'm I'm huge into branding and marketing um, nowadays. Um, I'm super passionate about that. But starting out, I didn't know that, and so my thing was okay. I'm going to go with the military. So I literally went out and bought a giant impact yellow H2 Hummer and put my graphics all over it. I ended up on um, NPR radio, um, w, like I radio stations, and it just got a splash more than anything. Like, you know, nowadays we refer to like beats and booms in uh, social media, but we didn't have that back then. So it definitely made an impact. And then I guess just it, it kind of snowballed from there that you, you in the military community, especially is unique where... I mean, you know, someone will send you a referral just because once upon a time, not even at the same duty time, um, you both were at Fort Drum, New York. And it's like, Karen was once assigned at Fort Drum and they're like, oh, okay, land of the frozen chosen. She can help me. She understands <laughs> me. And, you know, just having that connection is all we're trying to get. And um, it just built from there. I've got clients literally this week, a client closed that I'd helped them already, you know, rent a house. Then they bought a house. Then we sold that house. They PCS'd away. They moved back and we bought another house and now they're going to sell their house again. And so it really does create longevity and, and those relationships and your sphere of influence becomes super tight and they even know each other. And did, did you get on the radio shows because of the Hummer or did you pay to be on them or what, how did that, no, I how mean, did that happen? It, yeah, so someone actually saw me driving around in the Hummer and took a picture and handed it off to a reporter at um, WAMU and they're like, find this person. And they called me up and they said, can we actually um, follow you around on like a home inspection? So they followed me around for a whole entire day and, and really talked about the difference between working with military clients and civilian clients. And it, was, and it just kind of went from there. And it's funny because I'll run into somebody now, maybe an agent I haven't seen in seven years, and they'll come out of a house and they're like, oh, you're the Hummer lady. And I'm like, oh my goodness. And I actually did just bring it back. I retired it for a while, but I, I did go around <laughs> town now and a, a Hummer again. So it came back. That's, that's an amazing branding strategy. And I think, I think you were like right on point with it for your target market. I was, I was back on the submarine in those, in those years, 2004, five, six. So um, I, I know like a lot of the, the guys on the, 
on the boat when they re-enlisted and got their bonus. I was like, the first thing they want to do is, this is not a, we're not giving out financial advice here, but this is just observation. Uh, they would, they'd take that re-enlistment bonus and go get, go get the Hummers. So, um, <laughs> it's I, definitely I think, a talking piece. Yeah. I think, I think you, uh, you had the right idea there and it, it's certainly work. You've, you've continued with the car theme, right? I've seen a lot of, post lately with the yeah. really different cool cars so what, what are you into these days it's amazing that? how it evolves right like I find so many agents don't even understand that branding and marketing are two different things and so I always in teaching agents like marketing is activities that you do to try to you know get business or get things out there but the community really decides who you are and that's your brand and so it's funny how it's evolved to now I didn't really grow up like I wasn't like a car chick or whatnot but now People know me for like CrossFit and dogs and wine and steak nights and cars. And so we do have eight vehicles at this point, um, and, but they all have different uses. Some days I drive three different cars. So, I mean, it's, it's definitely branding. It's practical. But now people are like, oh, I saw you here. I saw you there. Oh, I saw a Maserati or I saw a Hummer or a Defender. And it, it's constantly reminding them of things. So it, it works to my advantage, but I just get to enjoy it in the process. <laughs> where, where do you keep them all? <laughs> my neighbors probably hate me because we have, I mean, two are away at college. They were, are, you know, one's my son's at college and one's um, my other young driver. I did a garage makeover. Now two will fit in the garage, but yeah, I, I think my neighbors probably just don't even know what to do with me at this point. Who knows? Gotcha. No, I, 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 I love the, uh, the, the branding and the, it's just kind of interesting that it started with, the Hummer and the, Hummer. the play on the, the military and it's it's cool to see what it's evolved to so can you walk us through a little bit of uh, like how how it grew beyond just the military and, and kind of where you see it today yeah and I think um you know the heart of it it started with the military and you know when I started out I again I didn't have a sphere of influence here in Virginia so I did kind of rely on that little bit of uniqueness um the Hummer especially people would think I they had seen me in their neighborhood all the time when I hadn't even been there so it was that constant recognition um but it really you know you start with something and then you just have to be consistent and diligent about the relationships of it so you know, a lot of people try to build, you know, or contact or reach out to their sphere of influence, but you, they don't do it religiously or strategically. Um, and so now that's where we've evolved into really the quality of the, the things that I give to my sphere of influence or whatnot is kind of become part of my brand, but it really is the diligence of those relationships. And that's how, you know, military or civilian, they still recommend me or refer me or they come back to me. So I think that's the heart of it all is really leveraging your sphere of influence. Hey, hold that thought for a minute. Do you want to get my best-selling book, The Hyperlocal, Hyperfast Real Estate Agent, for absolutely free? This book has helped tens of thousands of real estate agents, and now I want to give it to you for free. All you pay for is the shipping. Look, you can go on Amazon, read all the five-star reviews, and pay $14.99, or you can go to hyperfastfreebook.com and get it for free. All you pay for is the shipping. Again, that's hyperfastfreebook.com. Com. Get your copy today. Again, hyperfastfreebook.com. What kind of challenges have you seen, you know, the military buyer, the military seller have that you think are unique to them compared to the most buyers and sellers? And what have you done to solve those challenges for them? It's completely different. You know, so many people don't realize everything's different. Um, your, what, your definition of home is completely different for starters. 
you know, it's shelter and you're going to maybe be there two, three years and then you're going to move on. So future rentability or resale, super important. Um, honestly, they don't even the, try and explain to someone what BAH is or the money you get for housing or what an LES is. Um, you know, just having that off of them, that stress off of them is huge. And being able to connect them with lenders that actually, a lot of people say they're VA friendly or familiar, but you need to like understand it or you can completely mess up someone's transaction. So having connections to those resources like lending, they really does understand the nuance of military. Um, but like I said, it's a completely different, their time constraints are different. You don't even necessarily get time to come here ahead of time and house hunt your boots on the ground for two days and, and find it. So the number of houses you're seeing in a day is different. It literally, everything is different. Have you seen more challenges since, since March, since the pandemic and the lockdowns? Cause I know I've, I've got some buddies who are still in and they've had PCSs. Uh, first, I think they were completely put on hold and then, and then maybe they've, they've been, the restrictions have loosened up, but it's still harder to get the PCS, you know, the movement than, than, normal. And I think on our team, we saw a couple of these happen right in the middle of transactions. And uh, I'm pretty sure we worked through all of it, that, but what have you been seeing with, you know, with the PCS and the, the challenges that they face now? Yeah, it was super interesting. Cause I, I had, I mean, I've already sold um, <clears throat> more people buy homes and sell homes this year than I did all of last year, which is saying something when you're in the middle of a, a pandemic and you, you say that my, my bulk of my business is military and they did, they had a freeze on their orders. But I had at one point, I think about three clients who weren't even here and they bought houses. They had not even seen them. So they, they relied on me to go see the houses, FaceTime them, manage the paperwork. I did the home inspection. They didn't see them until way after closing because then I was babysitting the house and checking on it until their orders got unfrozen. So I had at least three clients that that was kind of the process they went through where I know a lot of people would never even fathom buying a home of $600,000 without, you know, seeing it. Um, but what I actually found unique as an advantage that I haven't seen in my entire career is a lot of times sellers don't really favor VA loans. Um, they prefer conventional loans for whatever their constructs are. And they just do. And I started leveraging like, look, times are uncertain. If you have civilian employment or income, they may not even have their job. And if they have it now, they may not have it in two weeks. And so my veteran or my, my military person They've got about the most rock solid, you know, income guarantee that you could have right now. And I was actually able to beat out a lot of conventional offers um, that were even higher than what my client was offering. Um, so I just started leveraging it as an ability and an asset for a change where it's usually not. Yeah, that's that's a great point. I think a lot of times agents get confused about the VA loan and they they think it's not as great as the conventional loan and other you know, for, for whatever reason, but right. you bring up a lot of good points. Like there's, there's far less chance of a, a VA buyer losing their job than a conventional buyer, exactly. which, which yeah. would, would kill the deal. And, and the, the debt to income ratio is much higher. The lenders can be much more aggressive on qualifications. Like they can, they can get exceptions. I've seen as high as like 60% DTI um, and, and most conventional loans can't go above like 43, I think. So it's, there's, there's, there's a number of things that actually make it stronger, but so few agents are able to sell that to, to the listing agent. Exactly. And then the VA loan limit got lifted in January. So it kind of was a perfect storm, you know? <laughs> yeah. So you said your business 
you know, despite military lockdowns, despite the pandemic, your business is your is up this year or already already ahead of last year? What what's the deal there? Yeah, so I um in total last year I did um I have the numbers in front of me, but it was about 10 million, I think 19 transactions. And then as of now or January to August, I'm at that number now. Um so I'm looking forward to four more months still, you know, to go and and, and help more families. Um yeah, so like I said, it's just all relationships. People love really want that right now. And you, I mean, you might beat it by as much as 50% or more, right? If I'm doing the math right with the time. Yeah. (laughs) So what what do you, what do you credit uh, this, this success to this, you know, increasing your business despite these times? I, um, like I said, I think relationships is, is become more important um, where my sphere of influence is even more responsive. They appreciate that, you know, we're using, we're trying to, like a simple example of that, and that's not the the entirety of the my success boom, but you know, thinking about things differently. Where if you send notes to someone right now, um, like a, a spirit person in your your sphere of influence, if you send them a little packet of like handwritten notes and are like, "Hey, um, blank note cards," and say, "We're all disconnected right now," on my uh, my postage, send these notes to some of your people and just send them a little bit of positivity. Well, now you've got the power of social media, where someone takes a picture and says, "My agent did this," while other agents are sending me just soul postcards. So it kind of gets more powerful, those relationships. Um, But honestly, my biggest success is I started investing more in myself as a business person, hired some amazing mentors um, and became, you know, paid the price that it it is worth it to get into some groups with some phenomenal people. I just spent a, you know, from nine to 1115 this morning, I was on a mastermind call um, with an amazing mind of six people. Um, And again, it's just, investing in yourself in those things. You may not be able to attend events right now and, and conferences, but you can certainly still invest in finding mentors and leaders and, and people that you look up to. Yeah. And you've, you've been a part of the Hyperfast, our, our coaching program for a while now. We've, we've certainly enjoyed having you on the calls and in our office and all the trainings that we do. Uh, and I, I, I think, you know, a big part of it too, in addition to investing yourself is, is your mindset, right? Like you've, mm-hmm. you, you seem to have a very strong mindset when it comes to challenges, adversity. Is that, is yeah, that correct? I, I, or? I like that. I'm that annoying chick that every morning <laughs> is posting the motivational, inspirational quote on Facebook or Instagram. But if I don't, people reach out to me and they're like, where's my quote? Like that's <laughs> start their day. Um, but you know, with all this, all the, you know, pandemic and COVID happened and Um, I just saw it as opportunities, you know, it's opportunities to do things different. It's opportunities to serve people different, even understanding that people's definition of home is different. So I just tried really hard. I mean, I know everyone's struggling with that right now. The world's a little bit crazy, but I haven't even watched news in years. I don't really watch TV. You know, I, I start off my morning with the same two cups of coffee and reviewing something inspirational and motivational. Um, and I listen to music a lot, um, just about all the time, but I think it's, it's a hundred percent mindset and mentality. And I don't do well with people that think they're victim of circumstance. I'm like, you can always find a solution. I love Marie Forleo. That's like, everything is figure outable. So just kind of digging into that. I, I think that's literally how you create your environment and your world and what your opportunities are. And then I, I think I also see you're involved in a lot of CrossFit, correct? <laughs> That's, yeah, that's become part of my my outlet or my brand. Um, CrossFit is one of my um, outlets. But again, like going there and just being me, um, 
is pretty cool because I, I'm just there to connect with people and, and do my thing. And I've even had clients from CrossFit, but it was because I went there and we had something in common and I didn't go there and be a realtor. I just went to CrossFit to do my thing. I let them do their thing. Um, and then it turns out they wanted to buy a house with me. So no, I, I think the common theme in all of this really is just consistency. Like, um, you know, I see it in your real estate business, see it in the, the, the cars, see it in the CrossFit, the social media posting, um, just, just being consistent, having that positive mindset. It, it goes a long way. Was, was there ever a time when the, when the pandemic first happened, lockdown started happening or anything that's been going on that, that you were like scared, even just, even if it was just second, or, or were you just always powering through? So I would say um, it's kind of just kind of the reverse where in the beginning, it, it didn't really, um, I think again, because I, I've kind of removed myself from news a little bit. Um, so I kind of focus in my own little world and what I can control. Um, so it didn't really get to me again, but it, I am struggling with it a little bit now, to be honest, because I think at this point we've, you know, been dealing with a new normal and I'm actually afraid that that's going to become the new normal. You know, I am really struggling with the world right now. When you have schools closed down and businesses are closed down, like I did a phase of rallying behind small local businesses um, and how important those are to the community. Um, but I'm worried that this is going to become the new normal and I don't want it to be. So I, I am a little fearful of where the world and the community is going. And that's not even, you know, relating it to my business. It's just life in general. Um, so I'm struggling a little more these days than I was kind of in the beginning, but, you know, just trying to keep controlling what you can. That's about all you can do. Yeah, I, I agree. Uh, I've, I've heard that from a number of successful people. My triathlon coach used to say that to like, you know, control the controllables and not worry about everything else. And I think it, it all applies and, and it's, it's an inspiration to see how you're handling it and forging ahead in, in life and business. So thank you for that. And um, we always end with our hyper fast round, if you're ready for some rapid uh -oh. fire questions. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. What would be your biggest advice right now to a brand new agent? Set your sphere of influence strategically as your base. Like that's your foundation. Start with my quote this week or um, one was, you feel like you've got a whole wall in front of you. Just focus on one brick because everyone that's new right now, you don't know where to go, what direction. And there's all these shiny pennies and things coming at you. Just focus on one brick at a time. And instead of trying to punch through the wall, just build your foundation, but start with your relationships. You probably know more people than you think you do. What's been your biggest challenge ever in your real estate business? And what did you do to overcome it? My biggest challenge I actually carry is a, a, a positive thing for me. I'm always tend to be that girl in the room that has the answers or the solutions or the creative problem solving and the ideas. And I've actually struggled with finding really good, strong businesswomen that I considered mentors that I would look up to. And I think she's probably been the first one. And, and so going 15 years of my career and not having that, um, I think was a big struggle and a handicap. And so I, I give her huge props for that. All right. What, uh, what advice would you give to a real estate investor right now? Ooh, that's, that's tough. And it depends on where you are for sure. Um, I, I mean, I don't, I, I would say seek out resources that people that specialize in that if you're an investor, but you've got to get off, off market connections a hundred percent because Buyers right now are so desperate with the availability. We have no houses and the interest rates are basically nothing. And so buyers are like, I'll take whatever house and I can fix it up. So I think you're competing with those people now that you didn't used to have to. So I think investors is just finding 
the right resources that can get you into things off market really. Yeah, I agree. Especially, especially when it comes to residential, you know, it might be a little different for non residential type of investments, but for residential in, in most areas, you got to, you got to find the deal off market if you, if you want to get the best possible deal. Mm-hmm. If you're not doing real estate, what would we find you doing? Ah, um, in my, it's usually, I am working, I'm working, I'm working. I'm listening to music. I'm, um, maybe hanging out with my dogs and crossfitting usually, but that's once a day. So, <laughs> or driving a car, who knows? Awesome. Uh, last one, where do you see yourself in five years? Um, I think in five years, my goal is to actually have, you know, my goal would be to get other people that kind of look up to me kind of like Carrie does where I'm a better, I'm better at growing other people's success. Um, that's where my heart is, but I got to get the systems in place to do it. Um, so I want to have a business that allows me to have that balance of enjoying my family and, you know, being super successful, but that that success is at the heart of doing it for others so that I have more freedom to give to others. All right. Well, thank you for being on the show. Before we wrap up, what um, can you just tell people what areas of real estate you cover and uh, how, how they can connect with you on social media or otherwise, if, if people are interested in you know, connecting with you, learning more about what you do? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so I'm in Northern Virginia, Southern Maryland, and D.C., I do kind of specialize in military, but we can help anybody. Um, we also have a specialization in home renovations. So if people just don't want to waste money and make bad decisions about how to improve. Um, so I can help out anybody in any of those markets with that. Um, my Instagram handle is at Karen M hall. Our company website is at home, um, or home And, uh, yeah, you can shoot me a text. You can Google me. Uh, I have a Facebook business page, but, uh, just DM me. All right. Well, yeah. Connect with Karen. She is a uh, amazing resource when it comes to real estate and branding, marketing, and, and just overall being consistent. So thanks again for being on the show. Everyone out there listening, thank you for watching. We'll see you next time. Thank you for tuning in to this episode of the Hyper Fat Show. Subscribe to us if you want to make sure you get the latest and greatest Hyper Fat Shows. And remember, we love reviews. Reviews help us bring better and better guests and improve our shows. So give us the good, the bad, and the ugly. We hope you enjoyed the show, and we will see you next time.